Hey Sis, it's a weekly shakedown of the binary walls around us. Breaking it out and building a bridge. Checking our biases with empathy and humility and questioning the status quo. It's about building allyship that is intentional and confident. Music is a universal storyteller, and time and time again we see marginalized and underrepresented communities using music as a way to amplify their messages and showcase their life story. We are joined today by Kenny Fitzpatrick, host of Q Review. It's a podcast series dedicated to showcasing and sharing the stories and experiences of LGBTQ plus identifying musicians and artists. Kenny has recently begun collaborating with the Halifax-based station CIOE 97.5 FM to bring the community a new weekly radio show dedicated to presenting the music from LGBTQ artists titled Out Loud. So great to meet you, and uh, so congratulations on launching Out Loud. You're already, you're in season three of your podcast. Yeah, and episode three, I don't know what to call it, episode or show. It's so weird for me to be doing a radio show. Um, But the third show of Out Loud, the radio show, is tonight. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it's and it's such a it's such a fantastic niche, you know, your ability to, you know, grow and reinvent the way that you're reaching um, the queer community and also mm-hmm. getting queer music out there to cisgender people as well, I think is just a real testament to your talent and your creativity. Congrats. It's so it's so vital. Um, you know, when I kind of started this, I had. I mean, it, I, it started out of like a love of music for myself, but I've always been involved with music. But I kind of started looking and saying, why am I not seeing any, I don't know, queer country, queer rap? I, you know, and, you know, I'm like, I'm an educated person. I know that there's people out there who's making these, these, this music. You don't have to be educated. It's just common sense. Um, but I was just like, why are we not seeing it? And then as you start to pull back the layers more and more and more and more, um, you start to discover that the blocks that are there, the gatekeeping that's there, the, you know, um, any, and, and anyone from a marginalized community knows that there's always hurdles there to kind of get around and, and figure out. So I was just like, if I'm going to throw, keep, you know, putting my time into to music, I, I really need to be a part of the, the, the mechanism that lifts the voices of, of queer artists because I'm such a fan of music and they're making great music. It needs to be heard. People will enjoy it. This is not a, this is no question. (laughs) Well, um, on, on that note, I was listening to one of your interviews with Jax out of Toronto uh, with Virgin radio there. And, uh, and, and they had mentioned that funding, funding was a huge barrier and that, so what other barriers would you see um, are out there for the queer community and getting their music out? I mean, I mean, full stop. I mean, funding's always a, a barrier. We're really, really fortunate in Canada that we have some mechanisms set up with um, MIAs, which is the Music Industry Associations in every province. And then we have Factor Canada at the, the top of it. Um, and I know that even artists will, will still say that we're still underfunded, even though those mechanisms are there. But there's a lot of places in the world who don't even have that. Um, and Factor is now, you know, really breaking things down from, from their level and saying, you know, for International Women's Day, for Indigenous um, uh, People's Day, for Black History Month, for Pride, they want to see more development in those areas from the MIAs, um, which is great. 
but that is for funding for projects is one thing. Um, but venues and get, you know, when you sit down and you talk to an artist and you say, okay, um, you know, when you're touring, what's that like for you? You start to have the conversation of, well, there's certain places, especially in the United States, when we're talking to artists, there's certain places where they change or they may feel that they need to change pronouns within their songs because they may be playing in a venue or in a, a town and they, they want to play because they want, A, they need to live, they need to make money. I mean, pre-COVID, of course. Um, but, you know, when you are actually, you have to take a step back and think about whether you have to change the music of your song, like the, the lyrics of your song for safety that's that's a huge barrier right right there in itself that's a huge barrier probably a lot of artists um you know are, are sometimes you know kind of called out for not being authentic but there is reasons why they're not and then there's reasons why some are really pushing the envelope um and it's a balance mm-hmm. i i'd also say that you know and it's, it's funny because i'm on a radio show and i'm doing a radio show but mainstream radio is really narrow in terms of what is being kind of produced. And, you know, you think about the queer names that are on mainstream radio and the ones that come to mind outside of Elton, because Elton's, you know, is king. Um, But, you know, you do get the same names. You get your Sam Smith's, you get your Halsey, um, you know, and it's such a big world that's out there. I mean, if you want to talk, uh, who's who's kind of being left by the wayside? You get into trans, black trans, drag. There is recording artists, and the the, the subgenres are breaking down so much. They're they're getting so so more like diversified. Um, but yeah, it's about getting heard. You talk about spot. I mean, Spotify did, and I'm always after Spotify. And, <laughs> people are probably tired of hearing me about it hearing it from me um but you know these are these are huge mechanisms to be heard but it really limiting in the payout and then really limiting in terms of the algorithms that are applied to it and i mean there was a huge thing within the queer community just this summer where sam smith became the and nothing against sam smith god love him um but uh he became the face of spotify's official um, out um, playlist and it was there for months he was there for months and the Spotify list didn't change and artists are releasing and releasing and sending things in and they're like why is this not changing is it that people don't know it and I, I was kind of like if you need help let us know we are finding the artists we are trying to champion them and you don't get response back. So there's there's a lot of barriers and a yeah. lot of, you know. It's you know, like that funnel system that just pushes the top few out yeah. and up and out. And or like they need to already have an established platform to be able to get out of that funnel. And it's so yeah. hard as queer people to just get a basic platform to start, you know, producing music. So I can definitely see that as a barrier. Well, I mean, the, the, the anxiety in an artist themselves alone, and there's so many now who are, are coming out and they're not, they don't have to come out because they're already out because they were never in with their music. They're leading and they're saying, I am a queer artist. This is what I talk about. Here's, you know, my, my world. And they're not hiding. Um, but they also go into that 100% knowing that they are limited automatically because people either will say, well, I don't know how to market that, or I don't know if people want to listen to that. It's like, it's not, has nothing to do with 
whether or not they're queer, is the music good? That's what should matter. But you, they shouldn't feel like they have to hide who they are simply because of the, of the likelihood of not getting played. Gender fluidity in music right now is really taking off in, in a lot of different ways. I don't know if you know who Dorian Electra is, but I, I mean, I love Dorian Electra, and I think Dorian Electra is one of the, the, the greatest things happening out there but maybe a little bit too much for uh, a young kid, very colorful, um, but really playing with gender binary, uh, like playing bad cap wise, like so much happening. So true. That in itself is a huge bias. I mean, even if you talk to women in country, women will tell you regardless of whether or not they're queer, they'd be like, I'm a woman, I'm fighting to get hurt. Yeah, 100%. Especially within country music, I find that the, the rigid stereotypes are so much firmer with that and I mean I'm just looking at like little Nas X is like so against like that traditional kind of country singer and I think that's amazing and it's definitely creating that groundwork that we need for more you know intersectionality within music um so on the topic kind of as like community and all that fun stuff what do you think um that a community community can do to help support and advocate for queer artists oh Listen, <laughs> the million dollar question. Excuse me, I run over here and grab my soapbox. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that can be done. Uh, and I've been saying to the artists that we can, we can yell as much as we want to, but the, like, the machines that are in play are in play and dollars are in play. So those are big machines to kind of fight against. But we can start with ourselves. And I love to say to, to, to young um uh, folks and young folks, I'm so old. Um, to you know, to when I talk to youth groups and I talk to because I do that, um, I'm trying to get out there more and more. Um, I was speaking with not too long ago a group in uh, Long Island, and I joined them for one of their groups to talk about the kind of music that's out there and and how they can kind of get involved. And I always say to them, I I, I don't want to take anything away from Ariana Grande. I love her. I think she's great. But for every Ariana Grande, find yourself, um, you know, a, a moist breezy or find yourself a, um, I'm trying to think of artists now to pull out the top of my head, but like, you know, a Brooklyn Doran here in Canada, a, um, a Kim Petras, uh, uh, you know, a Shea uh, Cooley. Find these artists and become fans of them mm-hmm. um, because they're in your community and, and they're part of your history. They're part of the fabric of who we are. You know, I was thinking like, so uh, Isaac and I are both uh, volunteers with PFLAG Halifax and PFLAG mm-hmm. Canada. And it was actually um, PFLAG National that had emailed me and said, hey, have you heard about Out Loud? And uh, sent me the link. And we had already had you on our radar to connect. I think Isaac had already reached out mm-hmm. at that point. Super cool. But um, so we, uh, we did a float in the parade when we could have a parade, not this past summer with COVID, but the summer before. And even that, like linking to Pride, like even if like the Pride organization's would put a link on their website to a great resource like yours that, you know, I, as I was listening to, I wanted just to check out your podcast because for me, I love music. I listen to it, but I've never really broken it down to like, is that queer artist or not? And honestly, diving into the past episodes that you've done, like I was blown away Mm -hmm. by the range of music, the range of talent, even 
um, the Irish uh, episode. You oh, love that one. <laughs> like that music was like fantastic. And my kid, now I lived in Ireland. I heard you say you're Irish. So we have that in common because my kids were all born over there. And, but like, I thought like it, as a, a mandatory, if you're in a float in a pride parade, you should be playing queer music. Yeah. And not you know? like the stereotype. You shouldn't be like playing YMCA the top and yeah, like exactly, those kind of like stereotypical right? like queer songs and like, yeah, maybe they have are done by queer artists, but just because they talk about gay topics doesn't mean you're actively supporting, you know, the queer community. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and, you know, I, cause I, I emailed all of uh, the, the locations for PFLAG in Canada and I send things out. I'm trying not to be too, especially right now. I know that people are working from home and I don't know who has access to what, but for me, it's kind of really getting the music into the ears of the kids and letting them know. And I say this all the time and people, you know, they, they, they don't really necessarily think of it this way because they think it's, it, it may be that it's just too far blown. And I'm like, it's not when you think about it. Um, when you think about um, in North America, especially how many rural communities that we have where kids don't have access to a paper flag and they want that and they may not show anybody that they have it but they want it because it's just a touchstone from them. But to be able to, you know, find an artist that talks about things in the way I'm going to give you a really good example of what's happening on the radio right now. That's Conan Gray. Um, Conan Gray's Heather um, that's on the radio right now. And it's just kind of blowing up and it's resonating with kids so much because he never has to say in that song that he's talking about a boy. He's just singing the song, but you know, just from the lyrics and the words, mm. any queer boy has had that, it, you know, we've had those moments and suddenly you feel validated and you feel like somebody gets you. Yeah, mm. it's totally so true. It's that visibility that they need. And I'll tell you the, the interview you did with T. Thomason mm -hmm. um, was brilliant. And just um, so with one of our parents group of supporting uh, trans and non-binary kids, um, the mom, one of the moms had said to me recently that they were listening and, to T. Thomason. They're like, have you heard of the singer? I'm like, I've heard, but I, you know, tell me. And she sent me a link to Bliss with Sarah McLaughlin. Nice. And oh my gosh, she's like, I just sit here and sometimes I weep to it because it's just so meaningful and it just helps her and gives her strength mm. but also when she said it to her son she was like hey have you even heard of this artist and and he's like oh yeah I follow him and so you know she wasn't even aware of that mm -hmm. but you know these kids are finding you know the music and it, and it I think it means so much to mm -hmm. them just to have that, that it can be life-saving yeah. It literally can be life-saving when you are in a dark place and you think that there is nowhere in the world for you. And suddenly you come across, you know, a, a, a young guy, young girl, young trans person, young BIPOC person who's singing and, and speaking it reson like that it resonates with you. You could be in a really dark place and that can actually pull you out of it mm -hmm. just for a few minutes to kind of be like, all right. And then suddenly you're on, you're, you're off and running to kind of find more of that because you know that it feels good. You know that it feels great to be val uh, validated. I just had a, uh, and I thought it was going to turn into an argument. Um, I'm so glad that it didn't um, on Reddit. And I posted um, the, the latest uh, update to the playlist. Um, and there's, I mean, I find people and I just put them on this playlist because 
there's something there for everyone. And somebody kind of um, responded to it and their response was, isn't this a bit reductive? And I was like, how do you mean? And they said, well, I've never really thought about, um, you know, why it would be necessary to know if an artist was queer or not. It's just whether or not the music is good. And then I said to him, I was just kind of like, think about it. I was like, as somebody who's, you know, who grew up uh, in, in the seventies uh, and eighties, um, I never had anybody in music to look up to who spoke about same sex, you know, love who I never had a chance to kind of go to a teen dance or, or a high school dance and hear a song that really spoke to me playing uh, a love song. I never got a chance to do that. It's like, so for some of these kids that are out there or even just adults who, you know, are still kind of like living in, in areas, I'm like, this stuff is important to them. So it's important for them to know who their community is. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. Um, the music itself. Yes. It needs to be good. We, we all want good music. Um, it, it, but if you're a queer artist and you play the spoons, I still say, you know what? You need to be heard. You deserve to be heard. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in the eighties or in the seventies and eighties as well. Not disclosing mm-hmm. anything other than that, but, um, from Brampton and Ontario. And, uh, I remember, like, I love George Michael. My favorite song was Careless Whisper. And I grew up listening to that and loved it. And then when I found out that he was gay, I was so confused as to why he didn't shoot the video gay, like, as if, like with another man. And I thought, why? Why is he catering to us? And I just couldn't get it. I didn't understand the barriers and that, the fear, like, that, the barriers mm-hmm. that he would have faced in his generation. Yeah. Because as a cisgender person, you know, back then, you just you know you think oh you're an artist and you're amazing I would listen to you either way but I was unaware of like that homophobia that existed to such an intense level back then that you know even I for mean, artists today it can be you know quite prevalent the music industry is I mean it's I mean if you talk to artists if you talk to some artists they'll be like oh no things are fine but that's because they've never really had the barriers in place and that's just that is you know, that comes from a place of, of ignorance in, in terms of never, you know, having to experience things. Um, but when you talk to, you know, artists, and like I said, it doesn't have to be queer artists. It can be, you know, it can be racially um, ignited. It can be gender-based and gender-biased. When you talk to artists, they'll say, yeah, there are barriers. There are, you know, times where I don't feel like I'm going to get um, taken seriously. Um, times when I'm kind of excluded automatically um, because they assume that because I'm black um, I should be making this music over here and it couldn't possibly be interested in this music over here like there's a lot of that that happens I'm running a campaign right now called my music story um, so artists from around the world are contributing and you know I mean Dario Knotts um, is a, a good example of, of a young black artist um, who who plays with you know uh, gender norms and, 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 and changes it up and, and is playing with so many different things out there. And, you know, he's, he's saying that he's saying as a black artist, I'm fighting multiple battles, the intersectionality within music, you know, you can be um, uh, a a queer trans uh, person of color um, and coming from a rural community and a ba- certain backgrounds and a religious background. There's so much that can kind of come into play um, that it's the segmentation is just, it's so broad. Um, 
but yeah, like these these artists will will tell you that yeah, there there are some barriers that um, that they're coming up against, and it's, I mean, it's it's ha. Huh. You know, getting back to June and getting back to um, George Floyd and what happened uh, and is still happening, um, that hasn't gone anywhere. It's just it, it has quieted down because of other things. But um, that what came out of that from the music industry was the show must be paused. Um, and even then, there was... Um, a, a lot of uh, a lot of content that came out of that that was you know really uh, you had to kind of think about and and really take on and and you know sit with and live with and and really reflect on so and you know in some ways it's really about getting this music out to the cis community as well you know and the straight community and having it so all the more reason to be integrated right into a radio program um into the mainstream to a certain extent but still within its own special segment so that people can start to engage and they can start to break down stigmas and um and these walls between yours and mine Mm -hmm. you know um yeah I mean, having a radio show that is called Out Loud and is playing queer music doesn't mean that the music's only for queer people. Like, that is the thing. Um, But there is the other side of it where queer people want to, and God, hope I would hope they would want to, but really should know who some of who those artists are, so they can help lift and raise the voices of of those those artists and and as people and and be proud of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be proud of of who our artists are, um, be proud, and it doesn't have to just be Canadian. It can be Canadian, it can be German, it can be. You know, listen, there are artists everywhere. I get emails from I got an email last night from somebody from Barcelona uh wanting to do something and I'm just like sure I'm like let's figure it out mm-hmm. um tell me about they don't have that tell me about country because I love country and it's not something where I you know, think you would see a lot of out queer artists so do you have a favorite or is there anyone oh <laughs> listen so I did I don't know if you saw the YouTube uh episode I did on being queer in country music yep. um that's on YouTube. Um, so I had uh, Chris Hausman from Nashville, um, Courtney Lynn and Quinn uh, from Maryland. God, if they hear this, please, I don't mean to get it wrong, but I think, I think from Maryland. Um, and Tommy Atkins, who's a gem from, uh, from the UK, from, from England. Because uh, my whole thing with him was just like, when he first came out and he was doing country music, I was kind of like, dude, I was just like, is country huge in the UK? Because that is something I would probably be surprised by because you never hear it. He's like, it's gaining ground. Um, but, you know, then there's Cameron Hawthorne. Um, and he just, I, I, you know, I give Cameron all the, the credit in the world. He just, he released his song, uh, Dancing in My Living Room. And in the video, it was him and, you know, it was two men waltzing to a country song in in a living room right which of course shakes the ground of of country people kind of get you know a little a little freaked out by it but i mean you can't you can't sit there and think that this wouldn't be possible or happening and then you you know he just uh, released another song um called i think it's called to break hers first and it's about really talking about how he was in a relationship with a woman and knew he was probably going to have to break her heart um, 
because to be, to be true to himself and just how upsetting, you know, that, that is. So I did an interview with him and, and he talked a little bit about that, but you know, he's somebody that's kind of coming up. I mean, Brandy Carlisle, I mean, let's just be honest. Um, you know, six, uh, six, uh, Grammy nominations for her album. Uh, and the album is, is spot on uh, fantastic, whether or not you want to call it, you know, Americana country, even from, uh, a mainstream standpoint, it's one of the best albums that was put out that year, um, last year. And she really opened up uh, a lot of doors, um, for artists to kind of really, uh, talk about it and, and, and think about it. But yeah, country's starting to really uh, come a long way. Brandon Stansell, amazing. Steve Grand was one of the first country artists that actually kind of came out. Um, I I think he was in uh, a position where um, he's he's good looking, he's well built. um, And then it became really about his physicality um, because God love our, our... gay men but sometimes they steer right into uh the the traps of of sex and how sex sells sometimes right? right um and i think that he's now trying to really kind of come back and and be more you know from the artist standpoint because i think that took on a little bit i mean that's just from my standpoint but yeah i just heard something recently on uh tom powers on the queue about uh peter frampton and how he fell right into that too because he's a good looking guy and you know and that's people wanted him on the covers of magazines and he kind of succumbed to that whole pop thing for a while which he learned many lessons but still feels super guilty about having played into that you know and so it does happen for yeah. sure and it ties it in really into like just being authentically yourself but you know are you going to appease to what the crowd wants you're going to appease mm-hmm. to what the world wants or you're going to be authentically yourself doing what you want to do so yeah i think it's i think there's the trap in music is is really about you know there's that seduction of of building very very quickly and gaining as much momentum as possible but there's also the burnout of that and mm-hmm. you know i've said to artists uh you know you, you have to really you know um kind of manage your expectations of what success is and do you want a career or do you want to be to have like you know like a a hot selling song or or whatnot right like I mean sometimes the career path and if you really want to have longevity in a career it's going to take some time and you're really going to have to to pace yourself and deal with some of that seduction and and how it can derail your career um, and the longevity of your career um, I mean, sexuality has done it to so many artists. Billy Gilman, um, such a, a young artist when he started out country phenomenon and then, you know, took a step back and away. He eventually came out and he's not having uh, as easy uh, of a go of it. He's still got fans and he's still kind of gaining, but he's now an adult. And um, Brian Faldudo, who I did a... Um, interview with I talked to him pretty regularly um he was in uh the school of rock with Jack Black so he was the um the young fella that wasn't playing musicians but he was the artistic director and he was you know the very typical stereotypical young boy who is kind of like you know the the artistic director um but he's a country artist now he's a, a you know and and doing a lot of work and he does a lot of work with um, a few groups talking to youth about, you know, um, faith and sexuality and how there's a lot of of young um, individuals in in the United States who feel 
torn because their religion or their faith will, you know, put them in a place of feeling like they're not right or they can't have both. And so he does a lot of work with, with that, um, with that section of, of youth, but also he's just, he's a country uh, musician and, you know, he's, he's, he's playing into a lot of different types of, of country. And I just think it's great that they're having fun with it. And, you know, I think that country is something that has been stigmatized and I think it's going to take a lot to unstigmatize it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of country coming out there and it's really exciting to see. And I'm not a country, I'm not necessarily a country fan, but I, when I first heard Chris Hausman, I was just like, this man could make me a country fan. Um, he sounds like he should be on the radio. He sounds like every, every one of his songs sounds just as any good, like any bit as, as good as any artist that's kind of out there. Um, and they, it was a struggle for him because he was nervous about uh, kind of coming out. Gonna fire off a quick uh, a quick uh, insight into Kenny Fitzpatrick. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts were you born? I was born in Miramichi, New Brunswick, um, back before it was amalgamated, um, and when it was still Newcastle and Chatham and all that kind of thing. And I was born in in the Chatham part of it, in the Chatham Hospital. Awesome. Okay, and now you're Nova Scotia. I well I. I inadvertently got here um so i had family here but i from um from living in miramichi i moved to fredericton new brunswick and i did my undergraduates there after i finished that i moved to toronto and i spent i I, to me it feels like i spent 10 years there people will tell me maybe it was five i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) i lived there for a number of years and uh when um my husband and i my mom had passed away and we came out for um to to kind of settle things and that back to uh to new brunswick um and we went we came over to halifax and we just kind of fell in love with it and we decided hey let's let's move back and to be honest I'd, the east coast has such a quality of life that sometimes we don't give enough credit to mm-hmm. um yeah the cities have the cities are there you can always get to the city but to live in the city you don't really realize what it does to you until you move back and out of the city and you realize man that's hard it's it's hard on you um so i got a lot of experience from toronto but i was like yeah, I wasn't, I mean, my, my husband's from Ontario, so I wasn't going to be like, let's move back out east, you know, your family, his family is there, and um, I wasn't going to suggest that, but it was, it was him who was kind of like, we should move there, and I was kind of like, oh, sure. <laughs> Coming back to Ocean Air, no problem. <laughs> okay, That's awesome. favorite food? You know, that is a toughie, because I am, I, food is a chore to me. Um, it really is. I would probably eat cereal every night if I could, bran flakes and like granola. Um, because I just, sometimes we have too much food and it's too hard to make decisions and to think about, oh my God, what's it going to do? And as you get older, food reacts with you differently and you just feel like you're carrying around a, a weight with you. Um, but I really do as a style of food, I do love Italian food. I love Thai food. Um, I do like spicy um so yeah i that you like to go to a favorite neighborhood place or uh you know i i do i really here in halifax and in nova scotia i love the wooden monkey i really do um love the wooden monkey um i love um i'm trying to think 
don't get out very often anymore. I love it. Um, COVID, right? Yeah, it's changed the whole landscape of dining out. I'm trying to think of, of what's around that I would kind of go to automatically. Um, Wooden Monkey is definitely one of them. Um, I loved Il Trullo, but it's closed, and I'm hoping that it's going to reopen. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a great little uh, Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like to try different places, and I also love mom and pop shops. Nice. Um, I love local. I love to kind of go and find a really cool diner or a cafe um, that's run by a local, you know, group. I I think that's that's great. Um, you can go to a Tim's anytime. I like to go to, you know, somebody who's got their own thing going on. Yeah, yeah, a nice. small little coffee shop. Um, so next question for you. I know it'd be really, you know, difficult to ask what your favorite uh, song is or favorite musician, but what's your favorite movie? Hmm. Favorite song or musician wouldn't be that difficult. I am an alt-rock kid. Um, I grew up, Depeche Mode is a huge, um, in terms of 80s synth and and just kind of like that moodiness. Um, um, Linkin Park, 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, <laughs> love, I love alt-rock. I'm a grunge guy. Um, so in that kind of a vein, I'm a, a, I'm a big fan of, of those folks. Uh, movie wise, uh, depends on where you, Lord. So I'm a geek. I love Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel superheroes, anything like that. I am a huge fan of, I will go and watch crazy things in the theater just because they may be in space. Um, Empire Strikes Back is a huge one for me. Um, of course, you know, what, what Marvel did with the Avengers is great. It's hard to narrow them down to one because it is just an all-encapsulating kind of universe. But I'm going to tell you three movies that um, are really uh, in, in big in my heart. One's The Color Purple. Um, love The Color Purple. I It's kind of like my... Um, uh, I don't know. It's my go-to movie on, on many occasions. I just, I love it. I love that whole story. Um, Mystery Alaska. <laughs> I love sports movies for some reason, um, especially football movies. And I would say that Remember the, Ti- Remember the Titans is another big one for me. Okay. All right. Very diverse. Well, I'm so surprised. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, that's all. I like horror movies too. I'm like, and rom-coms. I like all movies. I'll watch pretty much anything. Okay. Cheers, Kenny. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You can tune into Out Loud Radio Show every Thursday at 10 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CIOE 97.5 FM or online at communityradio.ca. You can also stream Q Review wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey Sis. Do you have any questions you want to ask or want to join in on the conversation? Email us at connect at simplygoodform.com. Thank you all. And remember, inclusion matters.